Hello, and welcome to the With Jay Burke Show. My name is Jason Burke, and though I'm technically the host of this podcast, it's the guests who truly take top billing. This is a place for curious minds who enjoy civil and sometimes meandering conversation. If you appreciate a few laughs or want to come away with new knowledge or a simple understanding to subjects that aren't always easy to break down, then you're the person I want listening to this podcast. Gut health, the brain, the body, and really the soul are all kind of connected. There's a symbiotic relationship within it, and once one gets out of alignment, it's only a matter of time before the others follow. Try to stick with me through this bad metaphor, but think of a tall tree in the forest. When an axe man strikes it, it doesn't fall on the first strike, but as the process gets repeated, the tree gets weaker until it leans, and then when it falls, it crashes. Our bodies are kind of the same. If we don't provide it with nourishment or listen to what it's trying to tell us, like the tree in the forest, the crash is going to be hard. Even your emotional well-being has an effect on your gut, hence I mentioned the soul. If that sounds a bit hokey, then think of your life in times of grief, uh, abuse, or other major negative life events. Obviously, you feel them in your emotions and your body, but where else do you feel them? In your gut. When the mind can't digest its reality, the body stops digesting its food, literally. So even your mood can be a reflection of what's going on in your gut or a reaction to it. To discuss this, I was so happy to have Aaron Gagne on. Aaron is a dedicated nurse practitioner whose own personal battle with two autoimmunities helped her find her love and passion for functional medicine, gut health, and hormone replacement therapy. Some of her long list of accomplishments include working for eight years as a nurse in the cardiothoracic ICU at the Medical University of South Carolina. Uh, after that, she got her degree as a family nurse practitioner. That was in 2016. And she practiced in so many different areas of medicine, uh, including internal medicine, physical medicine, with a focus on natural pain relief, with remedies such as PRP, stem cell, aesthetic medicine, and now she works primarily with bio-identical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. Uh, she's also board certified through the American Board of Anti-Aging Health Practitioners. And on top of that, she has her own podcast called A Little Bit Tipsy, where she and her sister aim to bridge the gap between the holistic and scientific when it comes to women's health, hormone health, gut health, and living your best, most optimized life yet. Uh, it was a great all-around discussion, and we really got into a lot of the nuts and bolts of nutrition, uh, where to start when you want to heal your gut, and how the gut and brain interact, and just how your emotions can be affected by all these things. Uh, it was really great to have her on, and anyway, I hope you enjoy the Aaron Gagne with Jay Burke episode. <laughs> Watch out, you might get what you're after. Welcome to the With Jay Burke Show. My name is Jason Burke, and though I'm technically the host of this podcast, it's the guests who truly take top billing. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Erin Gagne. Erin is a dedicated nurse practitioner with an extensive and unique background that we're going to discuss. After trying out various positions in the medical field, Erin ended up on the preventative side of healthcare with the goal to use a blend of her own personal experience as well as years of research and education to help empower others to heal their own bodies. She also has her own podcast called A Little Bit Tipsy, where she and her sister aim to bridge the gap between the holistic and the scientific when it comes to women's health, hormone health, gut health, and living your best, most optimized life yet. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm very excited to have you here. Good. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, that's a big intro to, to follow, I feel like. <laughs> I, I, I had to actually parse it down a little bit. You had, a, you had a lot there, but I figured I'd leave you something to talk about. So, that's right. you know, as far as your journey, I've been listening to the uh, to your podcast and um, 
I, I you know, I, I started it over the weekend and I'm about five or six in. I just got so into it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah there's gosh, and it's so funny when I listen to, back to some of those first episodes, just like cringe worthy because mm-hmm. you know you get better as you go. So Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody always says. You're just gonna get better as you go. You kinda no matter how good it is when you're forty or fifty and all of a sudden you're a different person, right? Yeah. So let's hope so well let's talk about you let's talk about how um how you got to this place because i think it's an interesting story and i think it's important um sure you know from the perspective of um health and things like that because i kind of like the way you go about it right so Mm -hmm. um i think what would you call yourself you're what type of i know you're a nurse practitioner but Sure. Like what kind of medicine or or whatnot would you say you are? Yeah, so like like Jay had mentioned, I kind of went through a bunch of different avenues as mm. far as uh, once I became a nurse practitioner. Um, and I kind of tried the internal medicine, which is more, I worked with long-term care facilities for so a lot of elderly patients that really were at end of care life. And I you know, there's a special place for people like that, but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people on the front of medicine. Um, so did a little bit with stem cell and um, a PRP with chronic pain. I have a, a sore spot, a soft spot for that because I was a gymnast and a dancer for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of landed on the hormone side of things. Um, and I just, I used to hate the endocrine system in school. It was so complicated to me. It's very complex, right? And I just really fell in love with it because I realized that hormones just really do fix everything. Um, But it wasn't until I experienced my own personal illness um, in 2017 that I really just dove deep into the medicine and the research. Um, And I was I started having. Well, typical nurse or nurse practitioner, I ignored symptoms for a really long time because I was just busy. I just felt I was stressed. It was not a big deal. Um, And I started having some gastrointestinal symptoms, like not really being able to tolerate a lot of food. Um, And that went on for almost a full year before I sought treatment. So at that point, I was literally couldn't even drink water without everything running through me. I was losing my hair. Um, I got down to like 95 pounds. I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. So um, and then it was just a lot of a lot of pain as well. Um, And then I got to the point where I was having blood in my stool and I was like, okay, probably got to get that checked out. And yeah, not a good sign. So don't wait for that long. And ultimately, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an inf- um, an inflammatory bowel condition that actually causes ulcers throughout the large intestine. So the larger part of our intestine. Um, and it can be mild, moderate to severe. Mine was pretty moderate at that point. Um, but then, you know, after that diagnosis, my doctor was just kind of like, okay, you're going to be on these long-term medicines for the rest of your life. We're going to probably cut your colon out within the next year and I was just like wait a minute yeah and yeah and you feel really um helpless because I knew that I I didn't want that to be my journey I you know of course went on medications like prednisone to calm things down because I Mm -hmm. had to get to a place where I could absorb food again and, and start to gain weight and have the nutrients I needed um but a lot of the medications they like to use have severe complications and i just i didn't want to do that so i took the really long painful route of figuring it out myself um of course you know i took some of the advice of my doctor but i went the more traditional route of trying every diet possible using food supplementation Mm -hmm. um and more of this holistic approach through the functional medicine side so that's kind of what i consider myself is a functional medicine nurse practitioner and that really just means getting to the root of the problem instead of slapping a band-aid on you know the the problem like hypertension giving them a blood pressure medication mm-hmm. um we're trying to get to the root of like what's causing the symptoms and really fix it from a holistic place and so i <clears throat> through a really long journey was able to get myself into remission and i've been there um gosh, for several years now and just continue to progress in my journey um, of healing. And 
throwing all that into the mix, I also had Hashimoto's too, because autoimmunity usually happens in two. <laughs> um, but I've, I've been able to manage that as well. And so I really want to use my journey um, because to help other people, because I think there really things in life happen for us, not to us in that I just want to prevent everyone else from suffering for so long, you know, the way that I did and, and share everything that I've learned with everyone else. So that's, that's the long story short as possible. That's terrific. And, um, obviously it's working out for you. Now, is that a, is that more of an American thing where we prescribe, band-aids for things because you're right i noticed that so like, i would have um you know reflux or something it's like you got to go on meprazole right away you got to do this you got to do that yep. instead of cutting out food or knowing yes is. so is that yes. that's uniquely a, an american thing or i think that that's a great question because i think the the thing with that is the European countries and all these countries, they don't have the diseases that we do because their right. food system is different. Like if you look at a traditional food label of Fruit Loops, <laughs> there are about 40 ingredients on the American label and maybe half of that on the European. So they they have less chemicals. Their, their products like gluten are not overly processed. They're actually good for you. Like if you have issues with gluten here, you go and eat it in Italy and you're fine, right? So. I think they have less disease. They yeah. still treat it some of the, you know, um, more American ways. Of course, they have those medications, but I think they have less of that and they have more farming, they have more walking, they have just healthier lifestyles. And so they run into less of the autoimmunity and chronic diseases that we do here in America. Yeah, I, I do feel like I've heard stories like that where people have gone to other countries or lived there for a while and they're like, I, I have the exact same diet I had here, but yep. I don't have, I've lost 12 pounds, I've lost 15 pounds. And yeah. I know that they're much more strict than I guess the FDA is here. I don't know what's called over there, but, um, yes. you know, and, and you always hear the term, it's the, the standard American diet. I never, you know, hear it about. Yep anything else which is which is a lot of processed foods i guess and um and fatty foods and things like that so and all that stuff not that i'm an expert or anything but obviously i could see where we would have issues with inflammation and gastrointestinal and, and things like that sure um but you know it's interesting it's Somebody like myself, I'm getting to an age too. And now, when I was in my 20s, I just ate whatever I wanted to, and I, nothing happened to me. And you know, I could eat Most a whole pizza. Um, yep. But I've been trying to take you know better care of myself. Um, I slip like everybody else, but it's it's really hard to figure out how to do that um, because even when you want to, I feel like the food's still processed <laughs> wherever you're getting even. Even your farm food, you talked about that. If it's it, it's more sure. factory farming, right? It's not like it's processed. It's not like it's food from you know back in Mom the day. You get exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. mean, where do you start with that? Like you had to start somewhere where. Yes. To get there. Yeah, it can it can be really um, difficult because there's a lot of information out there and. Um, this is what I'm trying to bridge the gap on. You know, there's so many things where people like eat fat, don't eat fat, fat's bad, carbs are good, carbs mm -hmm. are bad, you know. And um, I don't love any diet that eliminates food groups completely because every food has its place. For me, I make my diet uh, focused around feeding my microbiome in a healthy way and balancing my blood sugar because at the core of science and what your body needs, that's what it needs, right? right? So when you're looking at diet and you're like, where do I start? It's a, it's a really complex question, but what we can say is that we know from every person is going to react the same to some really bad foods, meaning processed foods, right, um, that have a lot of chemicals and ingredients in it because the body doesn't recognize it. And it's like trying to make sense of it and process and, and digest and absorb it. But there's no nutritional value in that. So processed food is, you know, number one thing I say, try to cut out those. Um, fried foods is the second thing because it's it's processed or it's made in inflammatory oils. 
right? Mm. Things like canola oil, rapeseed oil, sunflower oil. These oils are high in omega-6s, which are the inflammatory essential fatty acids, right? Essential fatty acids are fatty acids that we have to get from food because our body doesn't produce it. And the problem with our our standard American diet is we flip the ratio of omega threes and omega sixes to be dominant in omega six. So we have a lot of inflammation in our body. And like you said, inflammation is the driver of most diseases. So if people can do anything, I say the, the most simplistic advice I give to people is shop the perimeter of the grocery store, right? Get your fruits and your veggies and and your meats and get them from, get your meat from quality sources, grass-fed, organic. People don't think that matters, it does, because our farming, you know, if you don't get those sources of good meats, they're pumped with antibiotics, they're pumped with growth hormones, and you are what you ate, ate, right? So they're eating grains that are factory processed and inflammatory, so, the the meat you eat is is processed too so if you can fill even 80 percent of the time with really healthy fruits veggies and healthy meats and and healthy grains that are gluten-free you're doing pretty well and then you can have your indulgences here and there and you're probably going to be pretty happy right? right and that's a very broad term we can certainly get into more specifics but that's where i start with people like get rid of the crap right and eat whole food right that's like the most the basic answer of where we're going wrong today right well so that's like you know i'll read about we're talking about you tried some diets you know there's keto there's stuff like that where people cut out whole food groups like carbs and things like that which i can't see how that's yeah i just don't see how that's that's gonna uh, you need carbs we just know that you do so um with breads and things like that, obviously white bread is is a big issue, you know, because of the way it's it's processed and it's stripped of all its you know natural elements, I think, and things like mm-hmm. that. So is is it okay? Some people cut out bread totally. Do you sure. do you think you should do that, or maybe just eat whole grain bread or seven grain bread, something like that, multi grain? Yeah, I I am not a fan of cutting out carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, one of the biggest reasons is because most of the most of the carbohydrates we cut out are resistant starches, right? And that is what creates in our gut short chain fatty acids, and it's fiber, right? Short chain fatty acids are what feed the good bacteria, and they actually help neutralize the bad too. So, what I see, what I've seen in my practice, and what I saw for myself is with a keto diet when I was not getting those um, I saw young young women you know I even had a 15 year old come into me and she was all messed up with her hormones and it was because it wiped out her gut bacteria she had no good gut bacteria so she couldn't eliminate things like estrogen so she was estrogen dominant having really heavy cycles like all these terrible symptoms at 15 right not to go off course but that's what that's what a lot of these carbohydrates do. They help us process hormones, right? And so I don't tell people to cut out bread. I eat bread. What I tell people is look at the sources of bread you're getting. So when you're looking at enriched and whole grain, you know, if they have those words in front of them, enriched means we've taken the flour and bleached it. So it's processed, right? So if you're going to eat bread, honestly, one of the best places you could go is like a farmer's market and get a sprouted you know a sprouted bread like that's that's incredible for you a sourdough sprouted that is already going to be fermented Mm -hmm. to an extent meaning you're going to tolerate it better right Right. so your your body's going to recognize it and be able to tolerate it um other breads that i like are you know the um um ezekiel bread the sprouted of that those are really great and if you look at the back of the ingredients it's very minimal ingredient so i always tell people when you see a bread flip it over or anything packaged and look at the ingredients it should be like organic sprouted whole grain not enriched in you know all those bad words that really mean processed so yeah sprouted um if you can get you know um 
the, a sourdough that's organic, that's great too. Just watch out for the gluten-free products because a lot of them are just pumped with a bunch of crap. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. That's what <laughs> and it, that's well, the trap people run into, right? They're like, okay, gluten-free, this is great. And it's like actually worse than probably the other bread they're eating. What is gluten that it's, some people don't tolerate it. Is it a binding agent? I don't, I don't totally understand what it is. Yeah, no, you're not far off. So it's it's a protein found in these wheat products, right? That mm-hmm. binds it. It's like a, the glue. It's like the glue. It's what makes it fluffy and sticky. Okay. Um, there's so m- there's different ranges for this. If you are uh, a celiac, you actually have an intolerance to it, which when every time you eat gluten, it will attack your immune system. So you cannot have gluten. And I mean, this will degrade your intestines and over time. So you, you can't, they can't have food processed near it. They can't have anything in it. That's the extreme, right? And it's actually very rare to have that. And most people want to say that they do but they get tested and they don't, right? right. Um, but there's there's intolerances and then there's sensitivity. So you may have um, an intolerance where you have it and you just don't do well with it, right? Or you're, you're more sensitive to it. Like for me, I just have a sensitivity where I know anytime I have gluten, the next day I get uh, breakouts. I get a rash and I get like pimples and mm. I just don't feel my best. So I, I avoid it. Now, another person that I think should avoid gluten is anyone with any kind of autoimmunity, especially Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And the reason is that it's so interesting, right? The body's really interesting and it tries to protect us. So the the protein in gluten, um, the body cannot distinguish between the thyroid protein and the protein in gluten. So anytime you eat it, if you have a autoimmunity, autoimmune thyroid, your body will attack your thyroid. And that is what's so dangerous about Hashimoto's is it's actually the the number one in the U.S. form of, of thyroid disease is that not every doctor is checking for that. Mm-hmm. And the scary thing about it is if you don't know you have antibodies, it'll keep and you don't treat it, it'll keep working against your thyroid. So eventually you can get to the point where your thyroid burns out. Right. Oh, wow. So so that is why the first thing I do when someone says, when I find out they have Hashimoto's, I take them off gluten, I fix the gut, and then I treat the thyroid if I need to at that point. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, to answer your question, not everyone has to, and not everyone will react to it. But those are kind of the extremes, and you have to kind of test it out. If you're like, I feel better when I don't have it, then don't have it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's where it's interesting, and I like what you said about your approach. I, I think you take it. Um, to an individual level because individuals are very different we like to throw everybody together in these groups we do um but you really you're the one who knows your body you know and you you have to listen to it when it's when it's telling you something and everybody's gonna react different to something you know some people absolutely and and a lot of these diet things are trial and error Mm -hmm. and the, the the challenging thing about eating healthy like you know, I love cruciferous vegetables and broccoli and all these things. And if you have a gut that's in distress, you're going to have a hard time tolerating yeah. those, right? And a lot of people deem themselves like, can't have broccoli, intolerant. And it's like, well, no, it's probably just you, we need to clean things up first and, and then fix it, you know, on the back end so that you can have those things. But like you said, everyone reacts differently, right? And so I, yeah, I don't like these all-inclusive things. Um, there's one diet that I think is amazing and it has the most research and it's what I teach my patients is that's that's the Mediterranean diet, just like we were talking about, yeah. right? They know what, what they're doing over there. You know, yeah. it's, it's high in healthy grains, non-inflammatory grains in these fatty acids, mostly fish, a lot of green vegetables. And that's exactly how you should be eating. Now, I don't think meat is wrong. I was plant-based for four years almost, and now I eat meat again um, because my body was like, hey, kind of tired, need it, and and I feel fine. But it's like your cells turn over so frequently, right? So you have to constantly check in to your body and be like, what do do I need? And your body's going to tell you. Mm -hmm. It is really smart. It will tell you. Yeah. People just kind of push through it, I guess, or – we don't slow down to listen. Yeah, I, I think I wonder too, though, you know, people are fed and I'm not saying I'm not like this, but I think sugar probably plays a big role in 
in stuff because I think everybody has yes. a, a, an addiction to it in a way, right? I mean, you're yep. you could tell because if you go a little while without it, you start getting the headaches, you can't concentrate, you can't focus, you're tired, um, yeah. you get grouchy, you know. So I always think everybody here must be <laughs> have some kind of. Uh, uh, we are obsessed with it, you know. I think I read something the other day that said like we consume almost 260 pounds or something like that. Don't quote me on that. And then mm. 300 pounds of uh, white flour, the average American. And um, they did studies on rats that showed that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. It's unbelievable unbelievable and the problem with sugar is it's not just the sugar right there's natural sugars that are great in fruit and whatever mm -hmm. you know the only time i restrict those in people is if they're really trying to lose weight you can't be having like a whole cup of <laughs> like our five bananas a day that those are higher in sugar you yeah. gotta go for the lower glycemic index but you know sh the the standard sugar on our table is is refined it's processed and it's full of chemicals right and then on top of that we're, we're having sugar all day long so then we have the blood sugar imbalances and the insulin resistance happens right every time we eat we eat food our body's supposed to be able to use the glucose and use it for energy and then store it later as fuel and insulin helps with that but us in this standard american diet is we have so much sugar all day long that our body just can't keep up with producing insulin so we become insulin resistant and and we no longer use that glucose for stores later it's kind of floating around and what does that do it creates fat right and it, and it creates inflammation and it creates cortisol production and then it's this vicious cycle so so yeah sugar is definitely at the root and and then you throw that into an unhealthy microbiome. Well, what do the bad bacteria feed on? Sugar. sugar. Yeah. So you're just causing a little sugar party in your stomach yeah. and they're loving it. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've looked into trying to, well, I mean, I, I cut it, I cut down a lot of sugar, but I think I read what the most you should get is 25 grams a day of, of <laughs> you know, yeah. processed sugar or whatever you want to call it. Um, yep. And it's almost impossible. It's it's uh, you can have, you know, one it's hard one drink, you know, a Snapple, and you're done <laughs> for the day. Right, and I think drinks is the the biggest place where we get mm -hmm. it from. Right, our our lattes, our coffee. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, you know, the juices. Um, I don't mean like a fresh squeezed juice. I mean right. like the the juices over the counter. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people are on these juice crazes and I don't love a juice fast because most of them are made with fruit. And it's like, if you're going to do juices, it should be mostly vegetables and then add like a little fruit for a sweetener. Right. But right. yeah, most of us get our daily consumption before eight or 9 a.m. It's crazy. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, it is. Oh, you know, we're talking about the micro uh, biome and can you, is there a way to describe that you know um for sure. layman terms for somebody like me and people listening i mean i looked yeah. it up i think i get it but you yeah. have a better way to explain it um yeah so our microbiome engulfs the whole gi system right the whole digestive tract which actually starts in the mouth goes all the way you know down through our esophagus to our stomach small intestine large intestine and out so we have this microbiome i like to think of it as if you think of a rainforest, the ecosystem within it, right? Okay. There's all these different creatures that feed on each other. Um, we got the good ones and we got the bad ones. We got the, you know, the killing out of the bad ones. So we, you know, keep it healthy and harmonized. And when that ecosystem gets disrupted, things go awry, right? So mm -hmm. it's basically our own internal ecosystem of good and bad bacteria. Okay. And we we have both. We all all have both, um, but we need more of the good compared to the bad. And what happens a lot of times is there's breakdowns in our GI tract, and you know they're supposed to live mostly in our our intestine and in our large intestine and go through our colon. But what happens is there's breakdowns and there's 
leaky gut, which is when that large intestine loosens up. Um, and we get kind of this backup and overgrowth in the parts where we don't want, like the small intestine. And that's where people get bloating with meals. They get indigestion. They feel real bad, right? Because it's the majority of the bad bacteria that are feeding off the sugar are where they shouldn't be. So we need the right amount of bacteria in the right place, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, I, I found it very interesting because it, it, it encompassed a lot, even some, some of it more, like they were talking about the bacteria outside of your skin and, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's all over your body, but it's, it, I guess it's part of that or it develops from that and, you know, we get it yep. when we're a baby um, and things like that. It was, that was really interesting to me that the things that your microbiome actually affects there's about even your scent is affected by it it was you know it's everything. everything so yeah and it starts at birth right if if you have a vaginal birth you're getting whatever your mom's health of your mom's microbiome you're getting those good bacteria right mm -hmm. so if you have a c-section or you're delivered by c-section you already have a probably more depleted microbiome right, right. which it can can get better over time but yeah i mean the microbiome is everywhere in our vaginal tissues so when that's off women get a lot of yeast infections all these issues um and then when your microbiome is imbalanced it can you know cause disruptions in your in your intestine where that you know gets more leaky because it's inflamed and what i mean by leaky is if you think of your intestine as a this long tube really food's supposed to come in through your mouth through your esophagus in the stomach where it churns for chemical digestion and mixes with acids and then it's going to be pushed through to the intestine okay. the small intestine decides what stays and goes that's absorption right, right. and we need that um, and then you push it through to your large intestine mostly through elimination so really it's never supposed to come into contact with the rest of your body it all comes through and goes out right but what happens is when that intestine essentially springs a leak that's where the leaky gut came from mm -hmm. um the things like endotoxins and lipopolysaccharides which are bad bacteria get through and so it's very common to start to see oh i have these weird rashes that was one of my first symptoms was a rash mm -hmm. i had no you had no idea but you can get rashes you can get brain fog you can get skin issues acne joint pain fatigue so all these symptoms are what we call extra intestinal symptoms that all stem from the gut not being solid and and that foundation is broken so it's incredible because a lot of these symptoms from hormones to gut they all they kind of bleed together right and right. It, it can get really complicated but at the core i assume 90 percent of the patients that come in to see me have a, a bad gut a messed up gut yeah. and i'm gonna treat them that way <laughs> do you find um since there's a connection between the brain and the stomach and and the microbiome and and then everything's kind of symbiotic i guess um people who have not not all people obviously but do you find you're talking about brain fog or can't pay attention i'm thinking about adhd and um things like that do you find sometimes when you help some of these people ultimately they might have had a diagnosis of that and and now they they don't need their medications or they're or they're just much sure. more clear and able to focus. Yeah, and and I'll speak to adults here because I don't um, treat children. I can, I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my specialty. But I see more adults come in with ADHD medication and I'm like, diagnosed at 40 to 50. I'm like, no, that's not the issue. Right. And a lot of times just like you said yeah it's the there's this gut brain connection we have something called an enteric nervous system in our stomach which there's innervations all throughout and it feeds off this vagus nerve that goes from the brain to the stomach and they talk all day long so when there's imbalances in the gut it throws off this whole ability to make certain you know key things in our body like 90% of our serotonin is made in our intestine, um, which is our happy hormone. And then I think 50 to 60% of our dopamine is made in there too. So these are our neurotransmitters that are making us happy. Right. right. 
And so when your gut is disrupted, yeah, there is depression, there is anxiety, there is brain fog, there is lack of focus. I know when I was healing, that was one of the biggest things I was just like, I can't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And I had the worst anxiety and depression um, to the point where like, I, I, it was really scary at one point. Um, and that's not me. I'm not a sad person, but yeah, the, the gut brain connection is so strong. They're now calling the gut, the second brain um, Right, I hear that. with all the research and it's incredible what's coming out. A really interesting book for your listeners. If you want to hear the, the connection between the gut brain and the connection between some of the research on gluten and the brain, um, grain brain. Okay. It's fascinating. It'll probably scare you and you'll never want to eat meat again, <laughs> but don't do that. But it's just so interesting. Um, connected to Alzheimer's, all these different things. Uh, really just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. I, this is what I wanted. You know, I loved One of the reasons I did this was I wanted to, um, I'm always starving for information and at least I can, you know, get it and put it to some kind of use. Um, Absolutely. This way, yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm like a junkie for trying to read things and, and just digest whatever I can. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you know, it's funny because you said that when you read read the books, you're going to never want to eat again. That's how I feel a lot of times when I look into this. I just, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm never, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to eat grass or whatever I can. To... Yeah, like have you have you seen Forks Over Knives or Fork Over Knives, that documentary? No. Yeah, don't. Because you'll never want to eat anything but grass. It's like yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I think I like what you said. I mean, as far as getting yourself straight and then you can indulge at times. I think the yeah. problem is we indulge all day. I mean, we're kind of indulging all the time. Your the coffee, time. like you said, is, is it's an indulgence. It's like having, mm-hmm. it's like having a, a, a Sunday or something like that first thing in the morning. Yeah. And, and coffee is, there's so many health benefits to coffee, Mm -hmm. right? Helps with our brain function. I mean, there's, it's a ton of antioxidants, but coffee is one of the highest pesticide sprayed crops, right? It also contains a lot of mold. So you have to drink Again, I never thought this mattered until I started researching. Then I was like, oh, my God, my whole life is wrong. Like, you got to drink organic fair trade coffee because it's not going to have all the mold, the pesticides. I mean, all these other coffees, it's like drinking a giant glass of pesticides. So I always, you know, there's there's a ton of different companies out there. I, I just look to make sure it's organic and fair trade, but there's one company I really like that's Purity Coffee. Okay. Um, I have a link for a discount I can send you to, but that one I found at one of the conferences that I go to often. It's, it's low acid, it's mold free, it's very smooth. Um, and so for someone that's having gut issues too, the lower acid coffee is going to help. Yeah, I found coffee really actually would bother me. I would always feel like I was bloated, but I loved having coffee, you know, and then know. not to go. Um, I did start, I order it actually, and I get some single source origin one that's supposed to have no mold or anything on it, but yep. I, now I want to double perfect. check it. But it, it definitely, it, it was definitely different. I mean, it's a little pricier. Actually, when you broke it, it down, it wasn't that bad. I mean, compared to going to 7 Eleven or. Getting Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, right? yeah. Starbucks yeah. is crazy. <laughs> Starbucks yeah. to me, I every once in a blue I'll have it. I don't me know too, what yeah. they put in it, but it makes me like like I'm just a nervous mess after. I feel like I'm yeah. having a panic attack. I don't know how much how much caffeine's in it, but yeah. it, it drives me crazy. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Who knows what they're doing in that? But I, I mean, yeah, just like you said, every once in a while, treat myself, you know, it's it's definitely yeah. not something I do on the regular, but it's like we have to give ourselves these opportunities to have things that we want. You mm-hmm. know, it's there's a term called orthorexia, which is just a obsession with being healthy. And it can, when you're, when you're, I know when I was looking to heal, I got to that place, but when you're trying to figure things out, it can easily get to that place and that's disordered eating too. And that can lead to more issues. So I think when I found the happy medium is what I found, what worked for my body. I was eating to fuel my body, support my hormones and support my gut. 
And then I just didn't want the other food because it made me feel bad, right? And so it's like you want it less because you're like, well, that makes me feel awful. It doesn't mean you won't ever have it, but um, it's less frequent and you're going to find like you don't want to do that all the time because you feel bad. It takes you a few days to recover. So if you're doing it on a, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and it takes you till Thursday to recover, and then you're just starting that cycle, you're still feeling bad majority of the time. That's probably (laughs) a big issue when people want to eat healthier is they don't feel that effect right away. You know, it probably takes a week or two before you can even make a judgment on whatever you're eating. Because everything that's there has has to run its course. Yeah. And the interesting thing they say about gluten, if you do have an intolerance to it, is eating just gluten one time, that could stay in your system for, you know, three months or so. So, you know, if you're truly trying to figure out if these foods bother you, you have to do a true elimination diet for, I usually say people four, six, eight weeks, right? And Mm. then slowly add foods back in. But it takes time though this inflammation was not created overnight right, right? we're not gonna everything's not gonna get better over time even like i tell my you know hormone patients like we gotta we're gonna meet again in six weeks but i don't expect everything to be perfect then right i expect to see progress and then we refine from there so yeah it takes time but then the goal is to figure out once you get to that place how do you maintain that right why don't you you explain i know you told you, you um, the hormone issue and how that mm-hmm. works with with your body because I, I think that's interesting too um, as far as I think I heard something once where I don't know if it was a dietitian or, or somebody and he said for some people when he was helping them um, you're really in charge of what you put into your mouth and then after that it's almost not up to you it's up to your hormones to do whatever you want to do with it right so Um, Sure. I mean, so if we're talking about the way we process our hormones and get rid of them um, in a a true sense related to the gut, we need a healthy microbiome in order to eliminate our hormones, right? The liver has a big job in that. um, And so in, in breaking down our hormones, phase one and phase two, and then the gut's got to help eliminate it. So we have to have a healthy functioning liver, mm-hmm. right? And so if we're overtaxing it with chemicals, our, our liver can get a little bit slow with eliminating or breaking down our hormones. So we first break hormones down to more of these, you know, water soluble hormones. Um, then we, we change them to be basically metabolized out. And so now they're pushed out to the intestine, but it's up to the gut to be having regular bowel movements to push it out. So what I see often is um, sometimes people can have excess hormone levels of like estrogen, women or men, because the, the liver is breaking it down, but then the gut is not following through. And so we're getting recycled, broken down estrogens that are supposed to be eliminated that are no longer beneficial for our body. They're, they're causing things like bloating and breast tenderness and nipple sensitivity and in women, heavy cycles. Right. And so we're not eliminating those, but also the gut has a really important enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. And beta-glucuronidase helps with those healthy levels of estrogen. So either helping us signal that, oh, we need more or we need less, right? Mm when there's an overproduction of beta-glucuronidase, and this is something in integrative medicine you can actually test for, I typically don't always run to testing because I I can tell by symptoms, but if we have an overproduction of that, then we're gonna cause more recycling of estrogen. And so the enzymes in our gut matter, how our liver is processing things, and we're overburdened, we're overtaxed. So looking at things in your life, like what am I putting on my skin? how am I, what am I cooking my food in? Am I cooking my food in pans with Teflon? Um, what am I cleaning my organic produce with? Yeah. Is it non-filtered water, right? Where it has more chemicals. And then what is the food I'm putting into my body? All these things are going to reduce the toxin burden on our liver and allow our hormones to be eliminated. And then, you know, from a production standpoint, that depends on all those things too. A healthy lifestyle, you need to be sleeping normally. We Mm -hmm. gotta have, um, you know, in men, 
one of the biggest things I see with men is they're overburdened with toxins and they're taking the testosterone that they do have and they're doing something called aromatizing it to estrogen. And it could be from alcohol. Um, it can be from toxins. It can be from marijuana use. I see a lot um, that actually causes aromatization. But these young men have these healthy levels, but they're taking what they have and they're doing weird things with it because of what's going on in their body. Right. So a lot of times we can have healthy levels, but we're our pathways are messed up and we're doing the wrong things with our hormones. <laughs> yeah, that's what's weird. You know, when you go get your physical or whatever, if you're having these issues, it's like I'll, I'll see people say, well, my, my blood works normal. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing's mm-hmm. going on, but you don't feel good. So yeah, something's going on. I mean, and that's a snapshot, right? Yeah. Our hormones change all the time and when you're doing blood work that's one point in time and you know traditional doctors aren't testing saliva they're not testing urine and mm-hmm. so we're not really seeing how we metabolize we're not checking four point cortisols and cortisol is another big issue you know yeah. if if you have um overdrive of adrenals it'll down regulate your ability to make hormones something called the gonado um dropping releasing hormone it will be down regulated and so the the stimulation of being able to tell the ovaries to signal lh and estrogen and and make that whole cycle the ability of the testes to tell um them to make testosterone all that is going to be influenced so the body's like an orchestra and yeah. it all works together. It really does. And everyone always wants to blame hormones, right? They're like, my hormones are off. I'm like, yeah. they probably are. But by the time your hormones are off, it is a signal that something else in your body is right. wrong. Right. And that's what people don't look at. Now, is cortisol, cortisol is responsible for, is that flight or fright? Or is that is that what makes your anxiety go? Okay, because I always hear yep. that. And yep, I hear you're right. I hear you need yeah. to sleep well. You know, if you're not sleeping right, you're not healing, right? You're not healing. <laughs> yeah, and then you know you get the the cortisol levels go through the roof, and then you have um, all kinds of issues as far as putting on weight or just you know, um, I guess illnesses, things like that. Yeah, and and we're made as if we look at our ancestors, how they lived, right? We had. We have cortisol as a fight or flight response because they were literally getting chased by a tiger and their body needed to be like, you got to go. Like it's time to go. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, so their heart rate went up, their brain, you know, got into gear and their lungs, you know, pumped harder so they could run. And so those are the main organs that get all the good stuff when you're in fight or flight, but what gets ignored, everything else, including your digestion. Right. So that's a normal response. If you you know are driving in your car and you have to slam on your brakes, your heart's going to go up, but mm. it goes back down. The problem is, especially today's day and age, we're living in a state of hyper arousal where I we're in. That. Yeah, we're <laughs> I in agree with that. Fight, we just are in fight or flight all the time. And so these high cortisol levels, they wreak havoc on our body. They cause excess insulin production, which we know causes, you know, um, the inability to shuttle glucose into the cell. So we have insulin resistance. Cortisol weakens the lining of the intestine as mm-hmm. well. So then we get leaky gut. Um, and yeah, we're in this state of hyper arousal. And so the adrenal glands can't help us with energy. We have, lo- we eventually, when you have high cortisol levels for so long, eventually the body and the brain will be like, oh, I don't need to make anymore. She's got a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what I see by the time patients come to me is flattened out cortisol or this term adrenal fatigue. I hate it. it it's a HPA axis dysfunction. So the brain and the adrenal glands are no longer talking. So we're no longer even making cortisol. And now you have someone that's like, I can't get out of bed in the morning. I'm so tired. I sleep all the time and I'm still tired. And it's a it's a big mess and it takes a really long time to fix. Um, when you say hyper arousal, you think that's more to do with that we're just constantly bombarded with, you know, the phone. Um, I feel like we don't rest anymore. Even when we rest and we say it's mindless and we're doing something on the phone, playing a game, watching TV. And we make rest a big deal. Like, oh my God, you're resting today. Like it should be normal, right? 
but yeah, just like you said, it's, it's our phones. It's constant. We have constant contact, constant stimulation. Yeah. The, the all the bad stuff going on in the news we're we're living in a state of fear right now right that is cortisol um is goes up not just from stress from your job or a marriage or the kids it can be um perceived thoughts like anxiety or oh my god this may happen you know that's that's a stressor on the body it's inflammatory food it's chronic pain it's infections so it's toxins, all these things are actually stressors on the body. So not only are we getting like hit from the stimulation, but we're getting inflammation sent in that's causing cortisol spikes. And it, it's really a whole lifestyle overhaul if you want true optimal health for the longevity. And it, it's, it takes a while. And I don't expect people to like go make all these changes right away. But it's like, as you, you know, how I always tell people, as you start to see things like, oh, I'm out of cleaning products. Why don't you look at another option of like something safer, right? right. Oh, I'm out of coffee. Maybe I'll try the one Jay just mentioned. Like, right. you know, these these little changes over time make, make such a big difference. But yeah, we gotta make rest normal um, and not feel guilty. That's true though. Cause do. when I have spare time, it's like, oh, I should be doing this. What can or- I do? We work on this podcast, <laughs> you know. Like, same, same, yeah. So, but there's almost like a guilt associated with just sitting down sometimes for me, um, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and then I have to like sit there and be in the moment and tell myself like this is okay, you, you know. Your your brain needs it, <laughs> your body needs it. Everything just needs yeah. to shut down for a little while. Like we don't have to be productive twenty four seven, right? It's okay. Right. <laughs> right. I know. It's it, I I just I notice that sometimes there'll be a Sunday and I'm like I don't have anything to do. What's wrong with me? What am I <laughs> Why am I being I'm so lazy today? Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's important. Yeah. I, and and I do de- think it's it's so different. I see it with the kids and stuff. Um because I, I have kids and it's we always say me and my wife will be like it's just they don't know how to be bored. You know, they're bored, yeah. but they don't know how to be bored with themselves like just to sit, it's good to sometimes sit there and just just let your brain drift and let yeah. it sort itself out you know yeah. it's just this constant stimulation that they need absolutely yeah and i know a lot of people like that they yeah. fill their calendars i'm like whoa i can't yeah. i need a break <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it's the adults too i mean the adults are just they're totally yep. the same way they're addicted you know, we're all kind of addicted to the phones or addicted to the information. Um, like you said, with the news, it's it's just it's there in your face all the time. There was I mean, there was times during the when the election was coming up. I'm like, I just don't I just need to shut I this can't. off. I just yeah. I'm going to. I remember I thought I had an inner ear infection because I was I'm prone to it. I get bad allergies and then I'll every once in a while, like in the spring. But I, I was really hurting and I went to see. Doctor, they said nothing's wrong, and then they, uh, what did they send me. No, I went to the the ENT, and he, and he looked in there, and he's like, "Yeah, nothing's there." <laughs> and he did something, and he goes, I, "I don't even know how he did it." He put his fingers in my ear and said to open your mouth, and I couldn't open it. And he was like, "He's like your jaw's locked." He's like, "You're grinding uh, your teeth." You're team day. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you you you're probably grinding your teeth." He's like, I- "I'm seeing this all the time because this is like the middle of COVID, the election's Stress. going." He's like, "He's like, just yep. everybody's so stressed out, you don't even realize it. It's going somewhere." Yeah. Right. And he's like, "You're probably doing it at night and whatever." And that you know, I had to I had to take stock and really pay attention to get that down. But I, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. Like I, I could feel it sometimes. I'll tense up or whatever, but you know, try to and stay that, in the moment. And the biggest thing is just, you know, taking a deep breath during those times and trying to figure out where, yeah, where is it residing in your body, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and, um, and a really simple technique is box breathing where you breathe in for five seconds, hold it for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds and literally repeat that. And that'll stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system until you calm down. Yeah. Um, and so most of us are not breathing. We're not even breathing. You know, it's, we are just all day long and, and I catch myself all the time. I'm like, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody wrote a book about that and I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but they were talking, there, there was, there's not a ton of studies about that, mm-hmm. but they were talking about breathing correctly, you know, through the yeah. nostrils for five seconds 
out for five seconds and and what a difference even doing that just 10 minutes a day 10 minutes a day will do for you um Mm -hmm. which is it was uh which is amazing but you think about it i mean there's a reason why you're supposed to do that so but most people are just just rushing i guess i know i agree i agree (laughs) so um I was going to say there was one more thing I definitely wanted to cover. I was listening to you talk to, I think, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, hopefully not, Barbara <laughs> Bebenzer. Is that how you say her name? Oh, Bethany Bebenzer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barbara, it's, a, it's okay. Barbara. It's close. You were close. Yeah. I was in the bees, so. You were in the bees. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, I thought that was really an interesting podcast. Um, I really yeah, enjoyed I that Bethany. one. Yeah. Thank you. Because it was um, – it was more about keeping yourself, I guess, aligned or, you know, in the, I don't know how, how to explain it, you know, spiritual or yeah. how much your mood is affecting everything else. And it all plays a role, right? Because we talk about that symbiosis that everything has. Um, yep. But um, I just, I thought that was a really, really good episode. And um, I really... I really wanted to, to touch on that a little bit about how the mind plays a, a role in the body and what you see with it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I think the stress and mindset component is the missing part in our, in medicine today. Right. And I know for me, when I was healing my gut, I was doing all the things and I'm like, I should be feeling better but I hadn't addressed some unresolved trauma and um, the stress component. And so I just couldn't heal because my body was still in this state of, you know, the sympathetic um, fight or flight. And just even thinking of trying to heal yourself is stressful, right? Yeah. And, and so I finally outsourced and I knew all the things to do, but I had to have someone else to just kind of help me like be like, I actually hired a health coach or a life coach to help me like just get things back on track and be like, try one thing at a time, Erin, and then chill. So, yeah. so sometimes you need the guidance, but the mental health component is so important like we just talked about the gut brain connection we're not taking care taking inventory on a daily basis of our thoughts and our thoughts are just they lead to so they create our reality they lead to so many different things we can send ourselves into a tailspin of i have to have a colonoscopy for regular screening what if something's wrong then i have cancer what are my kids going to do and we go on this like big spiral And that like causes us a full day of literally distress. So yeah, our thoughts control a lot of this. They control our ability to heal. I've seen it time and time again, where I've worked with patients for a year. I've gotten their hormones perfect on paper. And now we don't treat numbers, we treat patients, but you know, made all these changes. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait for them to come back in. And they come back in, they're like, I feel awful. Yeah, And I truly do believe there are some people that have a mindset of being sick. They identify with it because they get attention from their spouses. They get attention from loved ones, or that's just their identity and their mindset of I'm always going to feel bad. And so they do. And so one of the things I did when I was healing, and it sounds so weird, but I was like, my body is capable of healing itself and is doing so now. And I said that every day. Um, and I felt like shit, like I wasn't healing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I know that that mindset and, and what you think on a daily basis and, and the things you say to yourself matter. And so I make it a practice every day. Um, I sit, I journal out, at least like Bethany said, I, I free write journal for as long as I need to in the morning. Um, any thoughts, any ideas, my intention for the day, how I want to show up. Um, and then I do sit and meditate um, either in the morning or at the night. Sometimes I like to at night better because it calms me down for the day mm-hmm. i wake up with like a ton of energy in the morning and i'm ready to go yeah so sometimes i do it at night but stilling the mind um really has found to be very therapeutic in these you know there's limited studies but with anxiety and depression so i think the missing part in in this um healing the gut and integrative or functional medicine we have a 5r program it's it's removed which is removing the triggers um replacing enzymes and hydrochloric acid um repopulating is the third one 
repairing with you know key nutrients and then the fifth one is re- is rebalance mm-hmm. and that's what we're talking about here you got to work on the things in your life that are causing you stress the toxic friendships the toxic relationships the toxins that you're bringing into your life whatever it is you got to get rid of that yeah. because it, it's just going to continue to wreak havoc on your health and and just like Bethany said in that episode if there's unresolved trauma that breeds resentment into therapy talking to someone to let go of those things um there's things from your childhood you could have a really good childhood but you could still have trauma from it and oh, I totally agree with that I yeah. totally agree it's, it's so true and I think that's the biggest one I think the little T is more of the problem because people are like oh, I've never had any like big losses in my life it doesn't so they mean don't you haven't had bad it. things yeah. happen mm-hmm. yeah. it doesn't mean you haven't had bad things happen to you right well, or or traumaful things for you yeah right? well so I find that so interesting I actually think everybody should probably talk to a therapist or find oh God, somebody they too. like um, and I wish that was that was something that was people had easier access to especially children and the reason why i think that is it's really interesting you you develop these defense mechanisms based on something you perceived as a trauma right and and you carry that usually as a child right and and you're talking about the little t and it's like it could just be it could be something as small as somebody didn't show you love at a moment that you really wanted it and you don't you don't realize it because you can't process that as a child but mm-hmm. you go into a defensive mode you figure out how to be defensive in it, and, and you might pick up something like you know well i'm not worthy of love I'm unlovable mm-hmm. or i'm not going to let anybody get close to me and do that to me again or, or something like that and and then you're talking about the, the little t on top of that and i think sometimes we almost have this guilt about feeling that way right this will say somebody yeah. went through abuse um, why am I? Why am I? I don't have the right. I don't have that. Exactly. We don't have that right. So mm-hmm. I always think that's that's so important. And um, that's why I really I really did like that episode because you guys were talking about that. And I, I, I actually have conversations about that a lot, how it's just, you know, unless you have a, a really bad trauma when you're an adult, it's usually always just something, some way you tried to figure out in childhood how to deal with something. It was just a defense mechanism. And and that's why it's so funny because um, anytime like anyone goes to therapy, like my mother, for instance, like they always want to talk about my childhood. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where all these patterns started. And just like you said, it, we we see things and we develop things. Like I see it a lot with like patterns about money is, you know, we develop patterns from our parents we see like they were stressed about money or there's a lack mentality mm-hmm. or like money doesn't grow on trees right. and so like you're in a scarcity mindset from things you picked up from childhood and so yeah these patterns are ingrained in us with no bad intention when we're young and if we don't recognize that we gonna pass it on to the next people yeah. so the mental health component is just not talked about enough like and, and I love all these platforms that are coming out, like BetterHelp and mm-hmm. all these things where you can access, you know, mental health um, therapy online with yeah. people. So um, it's it's becoming more accessible and affordable. And yeah, you just got to tap into those yeah, resources. I, just, I wish it was easier w- with children because I think that's when they need it. Mm-hmm. Or that school kind of, and that's a whole other subject. Did more. But <laughs> did more to teach you. Yeah, I, I think at a young age you need to – you know more than obviously learning your numbers and learning this is important but you know the socialization and just how to deal with emotions and how to react to things is so important and 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 then it's it's okay to express your emotions right well that's another one too yeah it's an it's Mm -hmm. another one that people just tend to to hold that in and then that creates something too so and that's always that's always going to be a lifelong battle for anybody who's who's dealing for everybody everybody deals sure. with that so but i thought that was a, a really cool episode i really that was the last one i listened to i'm glad and, you liked it yes uh, she's a great a great one yeah <laughs> so do you have any future plans for anything for yourself for the podcast i do so just you know 
we, we're continuing to put out um, episodes, sometimes weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, just depends, <laughs> depends on what's yeah. going on with life. Um, I just launched a free uh, gut health guide, just a simplistic way for beginners to get going. I can send you the link for that yeah, so people definitely. can sign up for that. Um, and then most recently, I decided I'm opening my own practice oh, in Bluffton, South Carolina. Yep. So that's in the works, um, beginning stages of that. But um, I'm going to be opening my own practice. So very excited about that. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. So you're taking um, a jump. I'm going to take a jump. Just very, very per diem at first. Yeah. To like kind of get my feet wet, but long term goals. Yeah. To That's just great. help more people. So that's mm-hmm. great. Excited. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. I hope, um, yeah, I hope so maybe fun. you'll come back at some point. Um, Always, you know, there's so much to talk about. That's so what I was gonna say. To come back. <laughs> we'll figure something out because I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I really enjoy the podcast that you got. Thank and you. Just, and just really interesting stuff. So I hope to hear from you in the future. And, Absolutely, Jay. All right. So um, you can catch Aaron on the Little Bit Tipsy podcast. Um, I think it's available probably anywhere. Right? Everywhere, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywhere you can get it. <laughs> Anywhere you can get it. Well, thank you for taking the time with me, and um, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for coming to the With Jay Burke Show. Thanks, Jay. This is fun. All right. <laughs> Take care. You too. Duck.